Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. The name of the one, as we're looking, this is the, the last one of four actions every relationship needs, and it's repairing wounds. And as we get started, I want you to just think of the concept of repairing and how much repairing is needed by you in many areas of your life. And what really helped me with this is going through Financial Peace University, uh, which, which is one of our core type classes which we encourage everyone to go through, was establishing a budget. And when we established the budget and Tanya and I sat down and we were looking at different things, one of the things was repairs. And one of them is car repairs, and another one is home repairs. And, and part of the home repair is having a pool. And I remember when we, we got our house and it had a pool, I was all jacked up. I didn't think I'd ever, you know, ever own a house with a pool. And I went down there uh, to, to a place and you know, was trying to get information on taking care of a pool. And the very first thing that the owner of the store said is, just so you know, pools are expensive. And he wasn't lying. Uh, that, that it is, that, that with the repairs and chemicals, and, and if everything is going well, it can, can have some cost to it, but when things break and go wrong, they go very wrong. And, and, and so it made me think of it in the budget, how much are we going to budget per month so that when the big thing goes wrong, we're ready for it. Also with vehicles, when, when you think about budgeting the amount that it's going to take to repair a vehicle, uh, just this past month with, with us and with our kids, we've had a, a fuel pump, fuel filter, and the, the gas line. That was a thousand bucks for one of my kids. Uh, even something as minor as a, a battery went bad, you're thankful to get out with only $150 of, of paying for a new battery. And and you start looking at if, if you're going to do regular maintenance, like uh, a timing belt uh, or something like that, and everything associated with it, next thing you know, you're in for 750 bucks, 1000 bucks. So, so there are other options. And I, I remember this, uh, someone that I knew that I got in their vehicle, it was an old, it was an old minivan. And I noticed there was black electrical tape on the dash. And I said, what's that for? And she said, that's because the check engine light won't go off. <laughs> wow. I, when I saw that, I'm like, you might want to take it in. Because by the time you take it in, um, I don't think you're going to be repairing it. I think that will help you not have repairing costs. It will be replacement costs. Well, as we look at that, we, we begin to understand that, right? We know that things break down, that things need attention, they need to be maintained. And, and even if you're doing regular maintenance, I haven't even talked about the fact that what happens if my car's in an accident? That, that those types of repairs get, get even more costly. And so we're going to see that as we look at relationships and, and as we look at people, sometimes we're broken. Sometimes we're hurt. And if you are in a relationship of any type, which you all are, a work relationship, maybe a marriage relationship, child-to-parent relationship, 
a friendship, I guarantee you there will be times when you need to do either regular maintenance or maybe even times where your relationship leaves you broken down on the side of the road. And that is what we are going to deal with today. So what I'd like you to do is read the first passage with me because I don't want you to leave here without the point and this verse is the point. This is one that I want you to commit to memory. This is one I want on your fridge. This is one that you might consider as a life verse. This is important. And so let's read it together. It's Ephesians 4 verse 32. Together. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. One more time, we're going to read it together. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. If you leave here with nothing else than that, it's a success. This is a verse that you need to have as part of your fabric of who you are. That if you are going to do repairs, if you are going to bring healing to relationships, it's only going to come because God has brought healing to your relationship with him. That is where the strength is going to come from. In the blank, you can write, if you are a human and in a relationship, you will have wounds that need to be healed. So if you're a human and in a relationship, something's going to go wrong. There's going to be hurt. Something's going to get broken somewhere along the line. That I can promise you. And even though I've known that almost my entire life on a cognitive level, you need to take it on a personal level. And what I mean is this, is if you were joining together with Jonathan at all today, one of the things we did is we confessed the fact that we are human, and by virtue of being human is that I'm a sinner. And, and when, I begin, when, when I begin to understand the depth of my own sin, and what that means for my life, it makes me realize I, it affects every relationship I had and have. And the, the time when I, when I really didn't realize this is when I became a pastor. And I thought to myself, how can anyone not like me? I, I'm a pastor. I tell people about the love of Jesus I forgive people for a living, and, and, and I do this all because God wants me to, and I love people. And then, somewhere along the way, I found some people who didn't like me, and then other people who just hate me. And it, and it was devastating to me, and I thought, what's wrong with them? What, what do they not understand about who I am? And then I met someone and married her. And I thought, wow, she's also going to see how much God loves me. I love God, and this is going to be great. And there's times, I, I believe that she always loves me, but there's times where she does not like me very much. And those can be extended periods of time. And this is what I realized. When I confess that I'm a sinner, you need to understand about me, and you need to under, understand about yourself is that, that sinning and, and who I am affects me in my role as a pastor. There are people who don't like me because of things I've done as a pastor, and they are completely in the right because my sin has affected my, my role as a pastor. 
And there are times when my wife is so frustrated with me and she's absolutely right because the fact that I'm a sinner has affected my, my role as a husband. There are times when my kids don't even want to talk to me and they're in the right because being a sinner affects every single role that I have. So here's what I need for you to understand is that that's also the case for you. So when there's friction in a relationship, understand that part of it is, in, in some of these, is going to be your fault because that sin has affected the relationship and it's caused the breakdown in some, some way or another. The other thing that's going to happen is this, is then I understand with every relationship I have, that person's a sinner. And so when, because they confess it with me, they, they're admitting that it's true when it begins to affect the relationship. I'm not going to act in shock. Oh my gosh, I thought the, the, that you were perfect. I thought you would not, this would never happen. This isn't what I had in mind for my relationship. But instead, the words that go through my mind are be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave me. That's the starting point off which we're going today. We now go to the next, the next passage, uh, Ephesians 4, 25 to 27. Therefore, each of you must also put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. So now we're, we, again, we started at this point where we, we understand each one of us has a, a sin problem. We're also forgiven, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, perfectly forgiven, but it doesn't change the fact that there's still sin inside of us. So you're going to need to speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. And do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. And I want you to underline that, that last portion. Do not give the devil a foothold. Here's what can happen in a relationship. When someone sins against you and hurts you, and now I'm talking a situation, let, let's make it where they are 100% at fault, which by the way doesn't usually happen. There's usually you know, culpability by both, but let's say it's 100% your, their fault, and they sin against you, and you are angry, and then you go to bed angry, and that anger stays in there, and, and Satan, where is Satan getting a foothold? In your heart. Do you, see, do you see how you become a double victim? You become a victim of something that's happened to you, and in that way you're a victim of that person. But, but by holding on to the anger or not doing anything about it, now you've become a victim a second time, and it's a victim of Satan who now is in your heart. And you know whose fault that is? Yours now to be a double victim of a sin. In the blank, I want you to write, ignoring the pain of a wound keeps it from healing. So don't ignore it. Don't act like it didn't happen. The devil wants to make wounds fester. Okay, so, so we're going to look at this. The ignoring meaning, this would be ignoring. Maybe it'll go away by itself. And I want you to try that with your car. 
with the engine light. Maybe the engine, the check engine light will go off, and I guarantee you it will. It will go off at some point when the vehicle's dead and now the battery's also dead. The, it, the light will go off. Uh, but, but as we look at this to say, no, we understand in those situations it needs immediate attention because if you don't give it immediate attention, what happens? The problem gets even worse. And, and your relationship with that car can be over forever. We continue. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What is, what is making the Holy Spirit grieve? If you want to make the Holy Spirit go, oh man, don't forgive. Hold on to sin. Hold on to anger. Don't let anything go. If you want to see just what, what drives the Holy Spirit crazy and just makes God sad, it's that. And can you see why? For goodness sakes, he sent Jesus to pay for it. This sin is paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. And instead of going there for that payment and, and letting the blood of Jesus Christ cover that sin, what do we do? We're holding on to it. And the grieving comes because it doesn't need to be that way. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. A couple of these, maybe you've heard this expression before. It's one of my favorite, and that is get rid of all bitterness. That bitterness, the, the way I've heard that explained is bitterness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's how, that's how you are ruined by sin twice. That's Satan grabbing a hold of your heart and not having a foothold, but now grabbing on tightly. Because the, the sin has happened and now what has it made? It's made you a miserable person. And all you can do is point out what that other person has done. And as you do that, no one wants to be around you. And it grieves the Holy Spirit because as Satan gets a better hold in your heart, you know who's pushed out? The Holy Spirit. And, and it's sad, he doesn't want to leave. But, it, but when you push out, he has no choice. In the blank, you can write, holding on to the pain of a wound makes it graduate into bitterness and anger. And the last one there too is malice. Malice is that idea of that you do something to someone else now on purpose purposefully trying to hurt them. That now your thoughts are, okay, they've done this to me. What can I do to hurt them and get them to where I am right now? And right now, what I'm going to share with you is a tool that I really hope you remember for the rest of your life. And that is the pre-forgiveness stage. If you are wondering, or you don't know for sure, or, or you're like, you know what, that's not me. I never, I never don't forgive someone. I'm, I'm always do that. I, I never go to bed angry. Look at this one. And that is that as you look at this, the first thing starts with a sin or hurting event. So something happens. And when it happens, what, what happens immediately after that is you are hurt. And, if, and what you have is you have a coping mechanism, just so you know that. And my coping mechanism is laughter. That, that when I am hurt the most, the cover that I go to is humor. 
Because if I go there, that's kind of my, my, my deflecting that, that can, people, can push people away a little bit. Then the next thing that happens after hurt, that a lot of times there's denial. That, that right in there that there's a denial, oh no, it wasn't that big a deal, don't worry about it, I'm okay, yeah, it's fine. And then what happens after that is as it has had time to, you play it in your head again and again, the hurt turns to anger. And now you're like hot. You're like, I cannot believe that. Now that I look back, I can't believe that he did that, that she did that. And then it goes to information gathering. And the information gathering, just so we're clear on what that means, in quotes, you can write, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, so if this is a situation where, uh, where I have hurt my wife and, and she has not forgiven me, if I buy her flowers to say I'm sorry, she's mad at me for buying her flowers for doing that. And if I don't buy her flowers, she's mad at me for not buying her flowers. See what I mean? It's like no matter what that person does, you are so upset with them because everything you do is being played through a filter of they are a jerk and I can't stand them. So I'll give you an example of, of a way this could play out. Imagine this is Jonathan, our worship director, and me. There was an event already this morning. He said that I said that this would be the best message ever. I did not say that. I said it would be the most useful message ever. So now Jonathan has, has said that, and kind of that hurts me because he's not listening to what I'm saying, and he's not accurately sharing it with the group. So it, it hurts me a little bit. But now as I think about it more and more, I'm, I'm, I, I get to anger. It's like, you know what, in some ways, even, he was saying it like he was almost making fun of me like it won't be. So, so now I, I'm a little angry, and now it goes into information gathering. Do you realize some, he does that all the time when he's up on stage? Do you, that, he, that he'll twist and he'll, you know, the words that he says, and, and sometimes that he'll make fun of others or he'll do that. He does that all the time. And then, oh my gosh, you should see him in meetings. He can be so smug with, with some of his comments that he makes. And then sometimes, you know, we all bring food. Jonathan never brings food to meetings, and, but except the times that he does. And then it's like stuff I don't like, like he brings like broccoli and stuff like that. Who does that? You got the idea, right? Are you with me? And then notice at the bottom what happens. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And so at some point, why is it that I'm not going to forgive? Maybe it's because I don't want to admit that I'm so insecure that just some words or a mistake that he made or, or he heard it the wrong way and said something from stage that it bothered me. That I don't want to have to say that because maybe one of you would say, Dan, why don't you grow up a little bit? Either that or Dan, why don't you look in the mirror a little bit? I mean, that if you, are you kidding me? You're talking about Jonathan, you're like 10 times worse all the time. And I don't want to hear that. Why? Because I'm hurt. And then the hurt has led to anger. And I am holding on to that so tightly that that is all I have now. Uh, and, it, and it has made me and everyone around me miserable. That is not what God has in mind. 
And, and, and now this is why this is so valuable. I want you to think of someone in your life right now who can do no right. That everything they do ticks you off. I'll, I'll share this example was, this was a counseling situation, a very real counseling situation I had. A couple came in and she was, a, she was like unbelievably angry with her husband. And I asked, what's the problem? He folds the towels the wrong way. What? I, I'm like, okay, so can you explain that? Yeah, when, when I fold the towels, that, that I go and she was explaining the way she folds towels and then I put them in the drawer this way and when he does this, he puts them in the other way. And he knows that bothers me. So I'm like, oh, hold it, let me get this right. He takes the towels from the, the, the dirty clothes. He washes them. He dries them. He folds them. He puts them in the, right pl- the, the place where they're supposed to be and you're upset because they're not folded the way you fold them. Exactly. Exactly. That's you, yes. That made me realize that she's in the information gathering stage. That there is, and so it took us three meetings. Three meetings where I went through everything about him that ticked her off. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And then... It was the day where she, where she finally got down to the heart of it. I don't know if she knew it. They happened to be farmers, and they were newly married, maybe six months. And she asked him, I know you, you've been a farmer, but if I ever like, couldn't live here or, or didn't want to live here, could you leave the farm? He said, no, I'd pick the farm over you, that I would stay here, and you, that, that's who I was when you married me. And, and you've got to accept that. As I heard that, I'm like, I think we just got to the hurtful event. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, we, we can talk. Now, all of a sudden, it, you get to it and, and healing. And the song, the song is being, we're going to sing this at the end. This is where the healing begins. This is where the healing begins. It's identification of the wounds And now, if this is where it begins, where does the healing take place? Let's turn the page. Excuse, yeah. Let's read it together. Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I'm telling you, otherwise, that that pre-forgiveness stage is hopeless without the love of Christ. In the blank, you can write right away, God shows me kindness, and compassion, right? Be kind and compassionate like God is and forgives me. Kindness and compassion. He repairs my relationship with God. Jesus enables me to be kind and compassionate and forgiving to others. Kindness and compassion. Forgiveness that doesn't come from inside me somewhere, but it comes instead from God. And now what I want to share with you is another, another uh, little chart, another stage, and that is the forgiveness stage. And we start like this, the other one, we start all the way at the bottom. And, and where you have the little asterisk, uh, God intervenes through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. What I'm telling you about right now as we look at forgiveness is nothing short of a miracle. God's Forgiveness of you is a miracle, 
as he showed his kindness and compassion, as Jesus came into the world to to live perfectly for you, as he gave his life for you, that's miraculous. And it's just as miraculous when you extend forgiveness to someone else because it's not going to come from inside of you. It's going to come from the Holy Spirit who works on your heart and, and begins this process. So the first part is I need to admit my own sin and appreciate my own forgiveness. I'm just telling you, you're you're usually not ready to be there because you are hurt so bad, you are so full of bitterness towards the other person and what they've done that the concept of you being able to think about the fact that you in some way in this situation are culpable is just maybe sometimes more than you can even begin to understand. And, and I want, maybe even I'll make it just a little more clear. Imagine this is a situation that is 100% the other person's fault. 100%, which if you have a situation like that, tell me about it because I don't see many. But, but now where it starts with is this fact that as I stand before God, it, it makes you start this this journey in humility. That I'm not perfect. It's where we began that to understand that my, my sin affects my role as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a friend. Every single thing that I do, that, that I brought something into this relationship that's going to corrupt it. And so I'm going to admit that. Whether or not this is my fault or forget that, I'm starting with admitting my own sin and and appreciating my own forgiveness. And what does that mean today for you practically? You might leave here today and and it's still not be okay with the person that you're upset with and you can't forgive, but you're not gonna leave here today unless your relationship with God is is good. Because that's where, where the ability to forgive comes from, is understanding what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. Understanding that in that relationship, you are 100% to blame. And God has shown you unconditional love and kindness and compassion and forgiveness. And it's won over your heart. It's won you over. That's why you have a relationship with God. We continue. Understand Jesus paid for all sins for all people. I know this is hard for you to understand sometimes. It's hard for me. But, but you're not the only person in here. That, that every other person, as you have gone through this exercise between you and God, they're doing the same thing. So, so they're thinking, okay, it's God. God has forgiven me. And now what, what happens is, is this relationship that's very individual, that now as I look around those around me, I understand they're in the same boat that I am. They are loved by God. They, they are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ too. That they have this one-sided relationship where God has done everything for them. And God has paid for their sins. Next, forgive from the heart, trust God's justice. Here's the deal, is that there's a possibility with whatever is bothering you, the person will never repent of, will never say they're sorry for, and will, that, that it will, you'll never get the sorry you're looking for or the, their understanding of the pain that they've caused in your life. And, and you need to be realistic about that because at some point, you need to understand that if that person had to deal with me or God with not repenting of their sin... 
dealing with me would be letting him off easy. God has his timetable. And if it is, is a situation where someone is going to act in unbelief and they are going to act in hatred and they are going to be your enemy and God's enemy, I'm just saying, God is, let God be the judge and, and trust his justice. The next one, forgive from the heart, trust God's justice. The next one, point out sin and love. Now we're going another, this is a whole new level. And that is now when, when I have to find a time, you know, if I use the example with Jonathan, that I talk to him and Jonathan to say, Jonathan, I just want you to know, you know, kind of what you said with the message, it did, it, it hurt me. And, and uh, I know I joked about it, I know I made light of it, but it did, it hurt. And I just want to let you know that. Then hopefully the, the response is, and, and I know it would be with Jonathan, and that is, he would say, you know, I was wrong. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. And I, I did not mean to hurt you. And then share God's forgiveness. Jonathan, I forgive you. I love you. You're my brother in Christ. And uh, the work we have here is too important to let this come between us. And, and thank you. That means a lot. Wow. That, that seems really easy, doesn't it? <laughs> and you know better in your life. That, that sometimes the, this thing is going, has a life of its own now. And so notice at the bottom, what does it say? Repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, I, I know I've, I've used this before in a message, but it's this chart even. And said it's, from what I hear, it's like shampoo, where it's lather, rinse, repeat. And, and the reason why is, in order to get it clean, you need to keep going. And it's something you might do every day or every other day because it, it just needs that type of attention. And depending on what has happened, uh, it, you might need to do that. So the final verses. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And, and those words, so following God's example, you know, be kind and compassionate, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you, so God forgave me, that's going to be the pattern I follow. In the blank you can write, in our relationships, we have the opportunity to walk in the way of love. There was a video I wanted to play that, that we couldn't get permission from. It was on the news this week, on ABC News. And it was about an, an individual named Dean Otto who was training for a marathon. And as he was running down the side of the road, distracted driver hit him, broke his back, shattered his pelvis, broken ribs, just, just laid him out. And that as he was laying there, having no feeling below his waist, uh, that he, he remembers laying there praying, praying for God for help, and even at that time was praying for forgiveness for the guy who hit him. And later on, he went to the doctor. The doctor told him there was a 2% chance he would ever walk again. And so he went through this grueling rehab, and about six months in, he, he was able to walk. And, and he was walking with a cane, and he was able to, to, to take these steps, and then he got stronger and stronger, and he was able to walk up steps, and then he was able to run again. 
and he came up with this great idea that he and his doctor and the guy who hit him would run a half marathon. So I assume he was trying to punish the guy. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that, that the, three of, the three of us are going to run a half marathon together. And they did. And when they ran the half marathon, the doctor and the guy who was hit got done ahead of the other guy. So they ran back out to where he was and they came across the finish line together. And when he was asked, how did you get through this? What, what was, how, how were you able to do this? And he said, I, I believe the most important part of my recovery was forgiving him immediately. Not holding on to bitterness, not that, that I had to get my own head straight. And once I did, it allowed me to really focus on healing. I have to believe that, that there are people here who believe that the relationship you have has a 2% chance of walking again. I've been there, trust me. I've done enough marriage counseling. I've not done enough counseling in relationships to know that they seem irreparable, that irreparable damage has been done. And I am telling you that is not the case. Will it take a miracle? Yeah. Has that miracle been performed? Yeah. That's Christ on the cross. That's what his forgiveness means. And, and that's why this forgiveness is not just something to be enjoyed, but it's something to be shared. And, and I hope that as you look at these, I'm telling you that I have copies of, of this that, that I break out in counseling all the time. The pre-forgiveness stage. Are you in denial? Are, are, are you able to go back to an event that, that hurts so much that you don't want to go back there, but it's so important that you need to identify it? It's worth the journey. It's worth the journey to go there because you have a place to go with it. And that is the cross of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, it not only begins to strengthen that relationship with him as you flush out the bitterness and, and take Satan's hold in your heart away and you push it away, but then you're able to do what God has done for you, that forgiveness, to walk in the way of love just as Jesus did. This is good stuff. I don't know if it's the best message ever. I don't know if it's the most helpful, but I'm telling you it's the one that's been most helpful to me. It is one that I share with people most often because it is, it's a reality that we live in a world where things break down and relationships are one of them. Take them to the cross. Take them to the master and architect of relationships and be amazed by the healing he brings. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, as we come to you today, we come to you as people who are hurt. We, we need healing. We need wounds repaired. And we come here, Lord, and we lay them before you because you are the one who does exactly that. You are the great physician of body and soul. And, and you bring healing into the hearts of people like us who are so broken and in so need of it and so hurting. Uh, and sometimes it makes us wonder if it's even possible. We're so used to living in pain that we can't imagine living without it. But Lord, help us look to you and to the cross of Jesus Christ. Help us to remind each other and, and be reminded ourselves of the kindness and compassion that you have shown to us, the forgiveness in Jesus Christ. 
and then help us to live it every single day in every single relationship in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Jonathan, come here, buddy. We're good. Are we okay? (laughs) Wow, I really hope that you look at those two charts and you take them with you. For me, nothing is better for identification when I'm just upset with a person to, to come out of the denial and, and to, to be honest with an honest conversation. And then to, to go back to the cross, what, what better thing, what better way to, to get back at Satan, that a, a sin that's meant to divide us, actually takes me back to Christ to admit my own sin, to appreciate the forgiveness that I have, to appreciate the forgiveness he's given you, to, to, to throw up the bitterness and get it out, and instead share Christ's love and, and point out sin, to, to rescue someone I care about uh, from, from maybe even the clutches of Satan, and then to offer them forgiveness. And then it just keeps repeating and it, and it keeps building and it strengthens relationships. That is my prayer for you. And I am telling you with God's grace, it does work. And now as you go, uh, go with the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.